Okay, so hey guys, uh, welcome to actually episode 5 of Tree Bark, and this is a creator interview. Um, I'm really excited because we have a really awesome guest. His name is Fluke. And uh, hey, Fluke, how are you doing? Hi, hi, I'm good. And so to like, I don't know if you'd like to give a little tidbit about yourself to let people know like what you do. Um, what are you about? Yeah, um, my name is Fluke Husky. I am a furry YouTuber and dancer. That's like my two things that I do. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I know it's like, yeah, you also have like your paws like dipped in a multitude of things actually, like from content creation, um, being a YouTuber. I noticed you stream quite a bit. Um, I've also <laughs> seen tried. some of your digital art. Um, I myself am a, am a digital illustrator in the fandom. And, uh, oh, yeah. Much respect. Um, and I actually found you um, from, I think... When Vine was a thing, I saw a couple of your fursuit dance videos. So okay, uh, yeah, you're also a fursuiter and a fursuit okay, yeah. dancer. Okay, so first thing I want to clear up. So there are two flukes. There is oh, one fluke, okay. which is the digital artist that you're talking about. There's, and there's the other fluke, which is me. Um, I did I did used to draw back then, but um, I am not nearly as good as the OG fluke. <laughs> The, the furry artist fluke that you're that you're probably referencing so just wanted to let you know oh are these two oh, different these... people did i mix them mix you guys up um well you reached out to me probably about for youtube i think i think that's what you said in your email yeah oh, this yeah. is for the uh youtube based podcast yes yeah that's definitely me then <laughs> oh okay awesome okay um, but okay, so you all, you obviously have like a lot of talents in a lot of these like content creation and that's what like gets me really excited. So, um, did starting with just like one thing, at least from, um, dancing, like how did you get into, uh, that, which may have led to all these other, uh, yeah. passions? Um, oh gosh, how to answer, I guess like, I guess to make it less general, like, do you want the answer like how did I get into furry dancing or just how did I get into dancing in general? Uh, well, I guess yeah, you can um start with just dancing in general as uh your just passion. Okay, yeah. Um, well, I've always been like really expressive ever since I was a kid. Um, mm. but it was also it was kind of difficult for me to be very expressive because my family is not as expressive as I am. So. Mm. Um, but I didn't. I didn't realize. I didn't feel like oppressed by them or anything when I was a kid. So I was just like, uh, put on my favorite music and dance in the living room. When <laughs> like I remember working or anything. <laughs> no, actually, like right oh. in front of everybody. <laughs> like oh, okay. when my when my sister had her friends over. I remember this one time. I was like, oh, I want to show them my awesome dancing. So I put on some music and I just like thrashed around. And I remember how embarrassed my sister was. She's like, oh my God. <laughs> but like, but, it wasn't like choreographed. You just no. wanted to express yourself. No, I'll just, just, just dance for fun. Um, okay. And then like in middle school, I was like, okay, it's not cool anymore. I'm not going to dance. Anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Same with high school. And then like, I wanted to take like some dance classes and stuff. But mm. I don't know. I, I come from a, from a, like a very, I don't, I don't like saying the word, but like kind of conservative family where we don't really like <laughs> dipping into those kind of things very well yeah, so yeah, yeah i didn't uh really yeah it was difficult for me to kind of be myself and uh i actually didn't i didn't step into the persona i guess that i am today um oh. until like a couple of years after i moved out and oh, that so was when i actually started like dancing dancing 
And was that then around the same time? Like, did furry become a thing that uh, you found out about that before or after dancing or I was, uh, c- combination? <laughs> I was like a closet furry for ever since <laughs> I was like 14, 15. Mm-hmm. And then I moved out and then I was like, um, I can't remember. I was like, I want to get a fursuit, um, but I didn't have enough money for it. So um, I ended up like making one with a bunch of my friends and then. Um, I had this dream to get into a, a dance comp, and then that was like the whole reason why I made this fursuit. Oh, so, was it was it like fursuit dancing specifically in a competition, or just like as a some way to like make? Yeah, a... yeah, it was it was like legitimately fursuit dancing. So oh. I went to my first convention. I think it was like FC 2014 or something. Nice. Um, I didn't know anyone. It was super awkward, and I didn't really like it all that much. Because I was kind of like attaching myself to the one friend <laughs> that I had, but you know he wanted to go off and do his own thing. So, uh, but that was also the first time that I saw my first dance comp, mm-hmm. um, and I like immediately fell in love with it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool! You can like dance to any song you want, and you you literally have all eyes on you for two minutes on stage. I want to do this. <laughs> Yeah, I totally get that feeling because uh, BLFC, um, not to rant too much, but BLFC was my first con, actually, um, just last oh, really? year. And, oh, it's such a good con. Yeah, and I have a few friends, too, here from Hawaii, and they were like, we got to go to the dance competition and at least, like, um, watch the suitors dance and do their thing. And I, I was like, oh, okay, I, I, I wasn't too big into dancing to begin with or anything, but we sat down, and then I stuck through the whole competition i wanted to see every single suitor and like hearing the the booming sound on the stage and everything was yeah. so so cool i yeah i loved i love the dance comp it's so much fun um so you said you had a friend you you first met one of your friends that was in the fandom or you discovered yeah. they were or? yeah so let's see i was dating this guy from uh it was a lot like a long distance relationship i so <laughs> Um, I was in the military, actually, and I was stationed in South Dakota. Oh, wow. And um, the game in South Dakota is not that great. So uh, <laughs> it, it, was, <laughs> it was a lot easier for me to like be in a long-distance relationship. And I was like, yeah, I could totally do this. So uh, um, my friend and I, who we've been talking back and forth for like years. We were mm-hmm. like, you know what? Let's just, let's just try it out. Let's try being in a relationship. Uh, flew out to see him. He lives in California. Flew out to see him, and um, he took me to my first convention. And um, yeah, that was like that was a really fun experience. But also, I felt like I was really clingy because I was kind of just like, <laughs> I don't know anyone. Take me. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely intimidating because it's like a whole new space. Like, did you feel like um, a lot of it like became more part of your life as you went on, and did you actually delve more into like using Telegram or FA or any of that like online life? Yeah. Yeah, so I, um, that's actually like the main resource that we used to communicate with one another was Telegram. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think like it, it started in, in DeviantArt. Um, <laughs> and then I branched off from, and then I discovered Fur Affinity and then, of course, Downward Spiral from there. <laughs> um, oh, nice, okay. Yeah. Um, the, so you did your first dance comp in 2014. And I guess, like, it just naturally progressed from there, and then you got to meet other dancers and whatnot. Um, yeah. Do you sort of just take that home, and you're going to be like, 
because af- after my first experience i was already like okay i want to make my own choreography i want to um, pick one of my favorite songs and or covers or something like that and i'm going to make a routine to it um yeah how did you sort of develop around that kind of thing well it took me forever because like i've never choreographed something before um mm-hmm. so but i feel like with with me like when i decide on something i uh, I like to explain to people like my mind is like a switch. It's either I'm not interested in something and I don't, I don't do any, I have nothing to do with it or I'm completely like obsessed with it until, you know, I'm up there on stage myself. So what I did, like, I didn't have that much dance experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of used to being on stage, but I, um, I kind of like forced myself to like inherit these dance moves from my favorite uh choreographies on youtube and um were those like, other furries necessarily or there was just other groups i did watch a lot of furries but i mainly took a lot of my um dance moves from like classic uh styles like i was a big fan of popping so i watched a lot of like popping battles um but i was mainly interested in like um performances so I actually watched like a lot of World of Dance, um, oh, nice. which is like oh, nice. this dance show. Uh, and then, yeah, I think I also watched like a bunch of compilation videos of, of like people dancing from dance schools, like from Million Studio or um, there's like this dance school in L.A. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they like release videos of them dancing to popular songs. So I would like watch that on repeat and I would try to like, replicate how they would dance too um of course i didn't like completely steal choreography but when it came to like specific dance moves and stuff i did like use a lot of different styles in my choreography and then i eventually like put together something that's that's two minutes long and i actually was able to compete in a competition and that was like the biggest accomplishment for me i was like okay i can die happy now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but actually yeah could you speak a little to that because like as a person who's like yeah i would say vaguely interested in at least um doing a competition one of these years um i heard like for the choreography um what is it about like making the narrative or kind of like making that two minutes of like a story like how do you process that um well yeah. i think it started off with like you just want to find your favorite song and then dance to like your favorite parts. Mm. Um, of course, you have to like edit the audio because you can't you can't dance to a whole four minutes of a song. Yeah, you gotta yeah. just cut the audio down to two minutes. Um, and then like when you're dancing on stage, you're just telling a story pretty much. Um, for me, I come from kind of like a theater background, so I'm I'm all for like kind of interaction with the audience and and kind of vibing off of them. Um, and kind of telling a story as if as if it were like a play versus oh. super dynamic dance moves like you see a lot of other dancers doing. Because mm-hmm. I feel like my dance moves, like they're fairly simple, but um, they're very, I really plan to very well execute my dance moves yeah, because it's really all about stage presence, you know. So sure. that's that's kind of what, what, what I come, the angle that I come off with it with my dance choreography oh, okay um and then i guess like i could see that becoming a thing where like you 
are recording yourself a lot um doing these dance moves and everything and yeah yeah i do that a lot (laughs) yeah like i imagine it's good for reflection and stuff did that um sort of like get you like dipped into youtube you i almost said youtubing is that is that (laughs) is that a verb (laughs) i i guess youtubing yeah you use that (laughs) yeah like being a youtuber and stuff like that how does that kind of all blend in or how did you see Um, yourself I don't know. I, I I've always been like interested in in seeing how I look from the audience's perspective. Like my favorite videos are the videos that like people take of me when I'm on stage performing, and I can like yeah. hear the audiences like reacting to certain moves. Yeah, it's really um, exciting. Yeah, so it's just kind of I guess that mindset where I always like to see myself from the other point of view. So I'm just like, oh, well, you know, I could just take this and, and run with it and see what else I can do. So that was where I kind of got into doing YouTube videos. Okay. And the, like, the mix, like, how do you choose, like, what style of video you're going to be doing? Because you do a multitude of different things from collabs to, like, meme reviews. I'm yeah. a fan of I really like this. <laughs> um, meme review. Yeah, I love them. And, like, like what what gets you interested in that is that just like something to try um like because i'm also figuring out a little bit about like okay what what is the content that i'm gonna make and i find a lot of passion for well besides my art for really engaging with other creators yeah um yeah how do you get into like that kind of space for with collaborating with people um with like specifically collaborating with people um I leave it kind or of or just like in general making YouTube videos. Uh, yeah, whatever you could speak on. Um, I think that'd be really great. If yeah, you, yeah. Um, so like, how I come up with my ideas for YouTube videos is, well, first off, I watch a lot of PewDiePie. Oh hell so yeah! So he's like my <laughs> biggest inspiration. It's funny because like I watched him a lot when I was a kid when he like played horror games and then like I stopped because it started getting same. annoying. Yeah, just from uh, high school too. Yeah, and then like suddenly the whole T series versus PewDiePie thing came up, and I was like, I was like, wait, didn't I used to watch this guy when I was a kid? So I started like watching his videos again. And I was like, oh, this guy's actually pretty funny. Yeah, and he's like um, totally not doing the same thing that he did before. But yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, I love it. Like I love the stuff that he does. So he's like my main inspiration for doing the stuff that I do, and him and like my other favorite YouTuber, Jenna Marbles. Oh, yeah. and um, yeah, they're like, like they're just hilarious people, and I'm and I'm like, I want to be like them. I want to be funny like them, and they don't really have to do anything specifically, just as long as they kind of play their characters in their videos. Yeah. I could just watch like anything that they do. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I kind of want to incorporate that in my videos. So with me, the way that I kind of conduct myself in my videos is, I'm not really making the video for the uh subject i'm making the video more for or like i'm not making it for the subject of the content i'm making it more for like how well can i tell this story and yeah actually you speak to a really interesting point that i'm thinking about now because um yeah no matter the subject matter it's more about the reaction or the experience i think of the person that you're watching yeah yeah that's really cool i agree Cause like I think one of the videos was literally just me scrolling through my likes on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I was like, I think I even said I ran out of things to do, or I didn't. I don't know what to do for this video, so I'm just gonna look through my Twitter, like, mm -hmm. and um, that was a pretty fun video to do. I think I want to do more of those. Yeah, one thing yeah, that I learned is super um, useful because like Twitter is my main social media platform too, um, mm -hmm. and doing FMFs, um, I call them like also yeah furry meme reviews, um, but. <laughs> It's because it's so topical. It's such a good thing to cover every week because, like, there's always fresh dank there's memes. There's always new memes. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, one thing is really helpful is on Twitter, uh, you can make lists. I never really knew this. But mm -hmm. if you follow specific channels, you'll only get a feed of that and not just a flurry of, like, your regular oh. followings and whatnot. So it's super oh, good. So, like, you can get, like, furry memes? Yeah, there are a lot of dank furry meme channels. There are no shortages. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, you gotta send me some. I gotta review them. Oh yeah, I can link you some. Okay. I'm always like looking for like good furry memes. Yeah. Um, Reddit's also a good source, but I found that's kind of hectic sometimes with the lewds. If that's. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a problem. Yeah, I just, I just turned off not safe for work. Yeah. But um, sometimes, yeah, that crop <laughs> gets in there. How is um? So how has been like uh? Uh, collaborating with like some of the other furry youtubers um i think i guess well one no might notably is like majira or some of the other furs that you go and meet at, at cons um yeah um it's awesome that? like i was so happy to collaborate with uh majira and glitch and everyone i think like i don't know we were just we were kind of like passing friends before mm -hmm. and then uh, they start noticing that i'm also like uploading videos and uh, I love the YouTube furry community because everybody just like supports each other because we all understand the grind, oh, <laughs> how yeah. difficult it is to like shoot a video of you in fursuit and then like sit there in front of your computer for like four to eight hours just editing. So like we all feel for each other and we're, we're all like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm here to support you and, you know, you want to do a collab? Hell yeah, let's do a collab. So that was, uh, that was what, what. I think that's how I ended up with Majira. But I'm I'm thinking about like the first time that I did a collab with Majira. It was actually um a dance video. Oh. So um Majira found me through like my dancing. I was like doing this dance comp at Denver. And I think I was like where we first ran into each other. And um I was like fanboying. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, we should do like a video together. And um, he was like, okay. So right there on the spot, we did like a flossing video together. And that was oh, back when like oh, flossing like wasn't a big thing. So it wasn't like super cringed on. Mm -hmm. It was like slightly cringed on. So it was still kind of cool. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I did a cool thing with Jira. And then after that, um, we just like kind of talked every once in a while. And then um, I found that he was doing like this this video it was like a furry music video or something. And he was accepting um, videos of people dancing. I was like, oh, that's my thing. Like, that's what I do. So I took a video of me dancing to this song and I sent it to him and he put it in his video. And I was like, wow, awesome. Um, and then ever since then, it just kind of started building. We started talking more. And then uh, we are now like putting each other in our each other's videos and it's cool. Oh, nice. Yeah, it sounds like a very natural, like, it's cool to see, yeah, content creators, of course, like, see, like, oh, of course, I want to make more content. I want to, you know, enjoy and entertain some more. So it's, like, really, like, supportive. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
you ever like kind of i guess picking at that or unboxing that like do you ever feel like there is a greater sense to you know entertain um and put on a good show over like maybe how you may feel at times and how do you sort of balance that like um work personal life aspect um to me it's kind of like an outlet so it's it's not of like it's not like i'm doing it because it it's a job or i'm doing it because i'm required to or something um i do it because it it feels good like once i mm-hmm. put something out that i put you know this much effort into yeah it's really uh, exciting yeah then i feel like i've always been doing that um just like before people haven't been recognizing my work um, but now people are starting to recognize it and I'm like, oh, cool. So now I can actually like make stuff and people like it. <laughs> yeah. And well, do you, um, I personally get this quite a bit. Like, is there an equivalent of like, m- like YouTuber or dancer, um, art block? Is there something equivalent to burnout or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, it's, uh you just get tired of dancing um (laughs) like like i don't know i i always dancing isn't or i guess any skill in general it's not a sprint it's a marathon and if you want to be better at anything you gotta you gotta think of it as like okay this is going to be a lifelong thing that i have to always be working at so with dancing um for me it's I feel like over time it's becoming more and more of like a chore than just like, oh, all right, oh. let's prepare for this next dance comp. Let's go. I got to put together a routine, find a song. Um, kind of formulaic. Yeah, kind of formulaic. And like, I feel like before it was more spontaneous, but also um, it's not really like a job for me. It's always been something that I've wanted to do. So it is a, like a big chore to put something like that together. But there's also like such a high it's such a high reward for doing it, I guess. Oh yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, I guess because yeah, it's yeah, like you said, it's not a job. It's something you're looking forward to doing to share and express at that time. I mean, like for me, like one of the things that I kind of treat it as is like a like a vacation, at least from like my regular day job and stuff. Like it's yeah. not. Yeah, I don't do this every day, but I set aside this time to really like pour my heart out and like get better at this thing, the skill that I'm developing. Right. And I guess that's just like making me think now, like, like where where does that like put you like thinking about the future? Is the furry fandom like? I've heard this thing too from Nuka. Um, speaking of paradox earlier about kind of the science behind um people who join the fandom and um what the stats are and it seems like there's this trend um where a lot of furries will find the fandom to like um get more friends and become more social and then that's it's a phase and it's a phase where once they have the secured friends um they're fine and then they can actually like kind of let loose more on the fandom but Mm -hmm. others though after a certain age i think it was around 30 or 40 um they're more rooted in the fandom like where do you see yourself going in terms of like relation to the um subculture um i definitely want to like help people kind of have the same positive experience that i've had with the furry fandom yes because i feel like there's like a lot of bad stories out there or like people just have bad experiences but i want to be able to like 
help out as much as I can to kind of like shed, I guess, uh, just a good influence over like anyone that that comes into the fandom. So, like for example, I I love I would love to foster the dancer fur community a lot more because I love seeing furries performing. So I've been like staffing different dance events. Um, I uh, I judged for Biggest Little Fur Con. Oh, nice! And I also put together a, like a floor wars for uh, further confusion, and What's I also a floor hosted war? that. So floor wars is like a it's a it's like a dance battle event. So instead okay. of uh, people going up on stage and performing for two minutes, you have to freestyle dance against one opponent for about 45 seconds, and there's two rounds. Ooh. And uh, you're dancing in front of three judges, and at the end of those two, ju- two rounds, the judges will like, you know, point to the left or right for uh, who- whose dancer they thought uh, should move on to the next round, and then uh, you move on to the next round. And it's kind of like a kind of like a tree hierarchy, I guess. And, oh, okay. Uh, I, can, I can picture that. Yeah. So you just kind of like, it's kind of like a dance battle royale. Oh, so you're not necessarily yeah. like planning out the moves or anything like with a song. You just are just freestyling. Yeah, it's all freestyle. Oh, nice. So, yeah, I've, I've kind of moved more into that aspect of dancing and mm. less choreography um, because I, lo- I love freestyling and seeing, because I feel like the competition that, Floor Wars is so much more hype than, uh, oh, than yeah? <laughs> the dance competition. Yeah, because like literally the stage is down in the middle and everybody's surrounding it. Oh, so God. it's it's less of like it's more crowd involved. It's less yeah, not uh, super formal, formal, I guess. Like yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Like if if you go to um, like MFF, you should definitely uh, go to Floor Wars. That's like one of the biggest events that they have going. And is there like a screening for that, or is it you just show up and you can start performing? You have to sign up beforehand uh, because there's such high demand to um, compete. Uh, I think signups open several months beforehand, and you have to like sign up with a team and everything. Um, oh, actually, yeah, I guess there would be a few thousand people <laughs> that you would have to go through. Yeah, well, I think I can't remember the numbers, like how many people tried out, but it was. It was quite a few. Like once they opened up for, I can't remember how how they um how they handle signups, but there was there's definitely like a huge demand to want to compete in floor wars. Mm-hmm. What's um what are some of your favorite cons from BLFC to MFF? Like there's a whole plethora in between. <laughs> uh oh gosh, I really like the smaller cons. So I think um. Because I heard AC is like one of the largest, and I don't know if that's a good AC. recommendation for earlier. A- AC is really fun. I had a lot of fun at AC. I think, oh man, I was gonna say Denver would have been my favorite, but I think that Biggest Little Fur Con is still my all-time favorite con. Nice. Um, but I I do like the smaller cons because I don't. Um, there's a bit of stress that comes with like planning to compete, and um. Uh, I do like a lot of shows at bigger conventions, so it's it's gotten to the point where <clears throat> I do show after show after show, and everything like I can't I can't drink the night beforehand, and I have to like make sure I'm eating healthy and everything. Yeah. So I want to be able, I want to be my best self on stage. Yeah, be the so, top of your game. Um, 
yeah so um it's it gets a little bit stressful um mff was really stressful because i had a lot of i had like dance comp and also floor wars and then um just a lot of things going on but i like the smaller conventions because i can literally just kick back and and just actually hang out with friends for once <laughs> yeah that's really nice like well at least i guess coming from like my view like a lot of people make this an event where they don't get to see a whole lot of people and this is like their once a year like con so they're gonna go and hang out and float around with friends yeah. um it sounds like you're working the whole time actually but you put on yeah. a really good show so i appreciate that um yeah have you um you said you've staffed at other cons and you've helped uh volunteer before yeah so um and i, I also like listened to your previous interview and i can't remember oh, what his name was. was which one was this i think it was you might have linked it no you didn't link it to me i just looked it up i think it's uh, your most recent one Oh, okay, if, if that's um, number four, that was with Paradox. Yes, he is yeah, a producer. Yes, um, I listened to that one, and that was a that was a good interview. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> but he was explaining how, like, when you get when you do something that you're passionate about in the fandom, um, whether it be like you know AV or or dancing or um, I don't know performing or something you i feel like you do it for a couple of years and then you get recognized and then mm -hmm. the convention will eventually have you on staff um <laughs> and that's, that's just, you. <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah and you you don't realize that you're staff until you're staff and you're like oh all right i'm staff now that's pretty much what's kind of happened with me i i won a uh a dance comp and then <clears throat> i won a floor wars and then the convention was like oh you can you uh, can you be our, our judge for the next Floor Wars? And I was like, I'd be honored. Um, and then same for uh, one of the dance comps that I won. They want me to, to judge for the dance comp. Um, so I've, I've judged multiple different dance comps and Floor Wars. And um, it is fun, but I, mm -hmm. I also like to compete. <laughs> so it's, it's always this, this uh, every convention, it's always this like battle of, okay, I'm going to be like staffing this event and then I'm going to compete here and then I staff there. <laughs> and then you're also like juggling, want to hang out with friends and stuff. Do you think that the fandom has like changed over time in the way that like you've experienced it? Um, in terms of like, like the community and the people that um, are now in the fandom, I, I always see like that there are a lot of um, younger generations joining the fandom. Yeah. There's um, so many kids. Yeah, I I go to when well my first con uh, last year I went to BLFC and I'm I'm seeing these little suitors I'm like oh it's so cute, um, yeah and you find a lot of parents and they're really supportive and I I think that that scene kind of changed a lot, um how how have you obser observed this? Um so I didn't start going to conventions until well my first one was 2014 but the next one I went to was 2016 so I'm still like. Uh, I've only been formally going to conventions for about mm -hmm. four years. So there's definitely like a difference between online furry culture and um, in real life furry culture. I, yeah, I agree to that. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but when it comes to like in real life furry culture, over the past couple of years, I've definitely seen like a lot more kids. 
Yes. And yeah. I think that's awesome. Like, a, that's really cool that kids are attending conventions with their parents. Like, they're literally the next generation of furries. And um, that is true. I want to set as good of an influence as I can on them. And there's like, um, there's like this future, like, they're going to be the next creators, the next dancers, the next people who yeah, yeah, next, really uh, carry the community. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's cool that we have um, a lot of younger generation that come to the convention, but it also makes it kind of difficult for some of the adults that are into more like the kinky stuff to be able to, I guess, be themselves. So I feel like when it, um, for example, I think it was Anthro Northwest, they're a completely family friendly con. So you can't, I, I, what, I can't speak for them, but I don't know if the they, restriction like, I think, um, cause oh I gosh. have seen, I have seen a bit of controversy on like, Things from the gear, like harness suits or like yeah, not... pup hoods. I don't know if that's censored over there. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to get to. I'm not sure if if pup, pup hoods were censored or not. But um, I think maybe rubber and whatnot. Can't walk around with rubber. Um, like obviously, yeah, no nudity or anything like adult yeah. content. But um, do you think that that does um, shape the community in a way that's like preferable or like fair and open. Um, I th- um, I've seen a lot of polarizing opinions on that kind of thing before. Yeah. I mean, I don't have too strong of an opinion on it, but I do think that um, being able to fully express yourself in the fandom is healthy, but also there should be a point where we should draw the line. <laughs> Yeah, and okay. I think it's good that we have conventions that kind of exercise both both ends of the spectrum where, you know, you have Anthro Northwest and Anthrocon that are very family friendly and they're like, uh, they restrict a lot of things. And they also have Biggest Little Fur Con, mm-hmm. which it's literally in like a casino. <laughs> so you're, you're kind of expecting the crowd to be a little bit older because um, casinos 21 plus... It's an, ad- an adult environment, essentially. Yeah. So um, I don't think there's anything wrong with the direction that we're going, just as long as the conventions are able to kind of cater to both audiences, both family and the more kinkier, I guess, audience of the furry fandom. Yeah, and I think they do that well because um, I've seen a couple of panels. Um, they'll have late night uh, 18 plus ones about like rope tying or something else like kinky or enlightening yeah. about certain uh, fetishes or and whatnot. What has, uh, I mean, what would you recommend to new people who would be going to a con? Like, what are some things to keep an eye out for? Um, I think like it depends on what you want to go there for. Like, if you want to go there to just see a fursuiter for the first time or mm-hmm. then or if you want to like bring your family or something uh, or your parents you should definitely go to anthrocon because that's a really family friendly kind of convention okay yeah but, if you want to see giant cuddly people that'd be awesome yeah <laughs> but if i don't know if if you've been like on telegram a lot and like you know uh i don't know you i don't want to say older but you have like a lot of experience with the art. I don't really know how where I'm going with that. No, that's. <laughs> I was fine. gonna say no, I was gonna give reasons. <laughs> no, you bring on why you should go to Biggest Little Fur Con. <laughs> but, all the reasons. All the that's reasons. why. Yeah, all, it's but, such a fun con. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's definitely more adult than. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
other conventions. Just yeah, just given the environment, like you said about the the gambling in twenty one plus, like there's even a bar for crying out loud. That's a really good space. Um, yeah. So yeah, like the I guess one of the things that a lot of like that you brought up of uh about going to cons is like the intention. Um, if you want to see cuddly people, you said go to AC. Um, very friendly, friendly. And I think I had never really thought about that before. Like, what's my intention when I go to a fur con? I'm like, oh, God, um, yeah. I just wanted to experience it all, honestly. And that's like, in part, also why I do this podcast. Like, I want to, like, get into every facet and I want to learn every aspect of, about this subculture. Because um, one of the interesting things, too, about our community, rather than like, you could say, like, we have this other local convention called Kauai Con. Um, mm. it's, it's an anime convention and there are a lot of those and like there's Comic-Con and these other really big industries, but they, they all kind of circulate around having like this medium, like there's either like this favorite character, like Naruto or, you know, some, uh, weeby kind of like thing. Like mm. I'm not dissing that I'm a huge weep. I love anime, mm. like being an H and like, there's, there's some kind of like, fandom over that specific thing but what differentiates us is just having having this culture and this community so it's like i heard this one person describe it once as like when they're being spoken to about like how do you define furry and they said it's kind of like clay you just you grab a bunch of it and then you just make something of your own and that's what i really really think is inspiring yeah that is really interesting um that's i definitely recognize that between like furry fandom and other subcultures is we are very like we make our own characters instead of uh we try to be like other characters um exactly yeah we have a lot of like artists and creators in our fandom um that that come from that and i think it's really cool nice okay <laughs> sorry my, my chair is like super squeaky i know i gotta put like wd-40 in mine too is that it? Is that all I have to do? And then I'll get rid of the squeakies? Yeah, they have like silicone-based WD-40 that like lasts forever. Oh my gosh. I, I even have some WD-40. <laughs> I'll no, have to use like, it. That's one of the things that I worry about too. It's like, oh no, I'm shooting a video. I, I don't want to squeak all over the place. Yeah, yeah. That's like my struggle. Like every single YouTube video I do, whenever I lean back in my chair, it like <laughs> makes a noise. Yeah, same. <laughs> it's like anxiety it's like eh. but um okay so i mean uh side tangent but like sort of dipping back into like the creator space um yeah it, so this is all like purely more of a hobby for you you don't necessarily do this full time mm -mm. yeah i'm it's definitely a, like it's a hobby thing and I, I honestly would be afraid to make it a full-time job because um Fun fact, I, I wanted to major in art when I was uh, graduating high school. Okay. And um, uh, I'm not going to say my parents, like, convinced me out of it, but they were <laughs> like, um, you know, your whole life you're going to be, like, lo always looking for work, always looking for commissions, always mm -hmm. grinding to, mm -hmm. to, try to, to, to try to make art and make ends meet. Um, are you prepared for that? And I, like, I thought about it, like, really hard. I was like, well, this is my passion, but um, I don't know if I want to deal with that kind of grind. And I think the same goes for YouTube. I don't know if um, 
like maybe if it takes off really well, maybe, but I would be really nervous to, um, to depend my salary on, on what I create, because what if, what if like in three, like for a whole three months, I just have artist block and I'm just like, I don't want to make videos. I'm burnt out. I just want to stop. That's, that's, that's then my paychecks will stop coming in and then it goes it gets even worse <laughs> like that's the thing when you're your own company right like you're making your own money you're your own income and when you stop the company stops that's that's yeah. really scary yeah i guess i guess it's just part of being your own boss and uh i also haven't learned a lot of good discipline for being my own boss because um when i start editing my my videos i literally like sit there for eight hours like i only get up to use the restroom i don't eat i don't do that's anything the kind else. of focus i love though <laughs> yeah it's it's nice but it's also like unhealthy <laughs> because i'm just like once i'm done editing i'm really accomplished and it's like awesome and i i can post this tomorrow but then i look outside and the sun's gone and like my boyfriend is <laughs> my boyfriend has gone to bed and i'm like oh man i feel like i've missed out on life <laughs> but yeah you brought up a really good point though too about like oh what happens if i'm just not feeling it what if what if i'm not in the mood um mm -hmm. and when you're making art it's definitely when you're expressing yourself at i would say at your core and that's not something you can really commoditize all the time right um, the that is something that my uh, boyfriend actually like spoke to me about briefly too and is like um because i i mean just uh tldr like i have a day job i work mainly as a like custodian i do that for the library system it's a state gig and huh. it floats the the you know the daily bills and the mortgage and stuff um but it's definitely not where my heart lies and that's where you, i do often aspire and get inspired by like creators like you guys um who do set aside some time to pursue like your passions and yeah. seeing the main thing that like is like so like jaw dropping to me is like the consistency, the the quickness and the speed, and that's like what I'm trying to build up and learn actually right now. Um, yeah. So if it's doing something weekly, if it's this podcast, or if it's putting out a commission maybe every other day, that's like what I want to be on top of, and that was like a huge like 2020 goal of mine. Yeah, consistency. It's super important. Um, I agree. Like. I watch PewDiePie and he posts every single day, but not mm -hmm. now because he's on his break. Actually, but, yeah, what a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but this is a, like his first time taking a break in what, 10 years? It's crazy. Damn, um, yeah. But yeah, that guy posts every single day and every single time that he posts, it's this uh, video that's like, it's heavily edited, it's it's hilarious and it's relevant and I don't know how he does it. So... I feel like my bar is set really high and mm -hmm. I want to get to the point where I can, I can like do three videos a week, but I really like my days are so packed. I only have time to do one, one video a week because you're doing school, you're studying, you're, yeah, yeah you're pursuing your off your other career that can be yeah. really stressful. I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, not school. to mention relationship and all that stuff too. Right. You know, that's I find that like it's also like a bit I get a bit barky when I'm focusing on something and then like I'm like, Oh, I ignored the bay. I gotta go do yeah. relationship stuff and it's not <laughs> it's like yeah. something I always gotta remind myself to, even living with family. Um 
like you realize like maybe your time's not always your own and i'm trying to like respect that a bit more yeah i absolutely agree i'm i'm starting to get to the point where i'm being consistent enough that i can block off um times of a day that i can do my videos and then edit my videos mm-hmm. and i actually like i actually complete my videos within that block of time and that's like um because I like go to school on certain days, I have like one of these days completely off, so I use that day just to edit. Okay. Yeah, I'm done editing by the time the boyfriend gets home, so it it doesn't interfere with, um, doesn't interfere with my my relationship or anything. Oh, so you already have like this, you know, like like a set schedule in like throughout the week. You're looking forward to this block of time that you can get everything done. Yeah, so I I film I film on Tuesday and then I edit Tuesday and Wednesday and then I post on Thursday. And you even stream, don't you? Right? Well, I tried streaming once, but <laughs> it was uh, I don't know, it wasn't that great. Oh. I'm I I am actually like planning to stream tomorrow for charity. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, nice. But I'm also really nervous because like doing things for money. Well, like, what charity? Like What's up? What's the charity? Um, it's for ALS research. So this oh, is for uh, Mark Sparks' dad. Um, he actually just recently came down with ALS. And um, really bad news, but um, uh, Mark has kind of been rounding all of the free creators up, and we've all been streaming. Oh, and that's wonderful. I think out of a $15,000, out of like a $10,000 goal, we've already raised, I think, seven. Seven thousand dollars plus. Wow, that's wow. amazing. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna try my part and and try streaming for the first time and see if anybody shows up and donates. That's really cool. I think like no matter what you say or what anybody says about the fandom, charity and love is definitely one of the biggest parts of the furry culture. Like I every con, I always see like fundraising goals and charity streams like being crushed. Um. Like people always give what they can, and that's really awesome. Um, so I guess uh, I I hate to take up more of your time because I know time is limited. Um, so thank you for being a guest here on Tree Bark. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, are, are there any uh, last plugs or anything that you like to let your followers know or any of your friends know? Um, make sure to subscribe to Theo because podcasts are awesome. Oh god, <laughs> and then thank you, you guys. And then you guys know where to find me. I'm over on my channel. So, you guys go check out Fluke. He's awesome, and he's a good boy, and he's got the curl. And you gotta respect the curl. <laughs> respect the curl.